Dad, I love you, but you taught me to win. When did I ever teach you that? Well, I picked it up somewhere. And if I drive Martin's car, I can win. I'm sorry, no, but... you, No, go ahead, leave me. Dad... Go on, go on and but... win. No, go on and win without your dad. I'll just sit here in Little Lightning, which the Simpsons built, and remember that for one brief shining moment, I had a son. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes and Nobody Gets Anymore Facebook page and NoHummers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Saturdays of Thunder, but before then, how are you doing, man? Very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, always good. Here with our beers. Here with our beers. I've had an unexpected dinner. Yeah, why was it unexpected? I went to a burger joint, ordered a barbecue burger, did not get given a barbecue burger, but got about halfway through it before I realised, hang on, this is tomato. Uh, but, you know, still tasty. Went on with it anyway. That's the kind of guy I am. I used to love tomato sauce on my chips as a kid. Hate it now. You know what I put on chips now? Soy sauce. Soy sauce? Yeah, I put soy sauce on everything. Yeah. Salad sandwiches, <laughs> soy sauce. Listen, for listeners who wouldn't have seen that, that was my best uh, facial impression of Jules from Pulp Fiction. Finding out about the mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, baby, they fucking drown it in that shit. So how was your week? Um, well, you know what? I've had better. I've had better weeks. We've always had better weeks. Yeah, true. But I've, I, I'm a little bit. I was going to save this for the end, but now you've asked me this, and this is all that I can talk about. So I'm sorry, guys, but this isn't going to be one of those podcasts where we kick off immediately with Simpsons talk. This isn't going to be about Jesus, is it? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about Jesus? No, no. But uh, no, it's not even a vaguely religious story, so that's fine. It's all right, people. I'm not going to offend. I had an engagement party to go to. Oh, this was teased last week, by the way. This was teased last week. So, this is the third of the big stories. What was the story called? It's like an unexpected engagement. An unex- uh, something along those lines. Engagement party with a twist. I think I gave yeah. it a different name every time I talked about it. But a really good friend of mine. So, I've known him since I was 10 years old. He was in my own bridal party um, getting married and, you know, very happy for him. So, his engagement party's on. Now, the same night that his engagement party's on, my wife's father was being made a life member of his cricket club and, you know, for people that play in local sports clubs, that's a really, really big deal. So, we wanted to show some support there. So, we thought, all right, we'll go to the cricket club function first. We'll have a, a beer or two there. We'll go to my mate's engagement party. We should get there by about 10. There'll be plenty of time to, you know, to do both and be able to celebrate everything and things will be fine. I rock up to the engagement party, which turned out to be a surprise fucking wedding that oh, I missed no. one of my best friends, of, of my two best friends, the only one that I think will actually get married. Tom, if you're listening, I think you and I can both agree. But it, I wasn't there for it. And like he knew, he knew that I was going to be late and he didn't tell me. Why did he not tell you? Because he was so committed to keeping it a secret. It was like, I don't know, it was like something Kramer would do. Like it was, but like the most he gave it was, well, if there's any chance you could get there early, you know, it'd be fun. Like, that was pretty much his entire thing. I'm like, fun, <laughs> in hindsight, yeah. fun. <laughs> but the thing that was really terrible and the thing that makes the story Halfway Simpsons related is that I spoke to three groups of people before I realised that they'd actually gotten married and they were all giving me hints, like, that, you know, in hindsight, the most obvious things in the world. Like, oh, you guys missed the best part. I was like, what, what cake or something? And like, but it was like Homer not realising that Marge was pregnant. Yeah, like, like everyone's like, ah, and uh, I, you know, you missed Sam and and Sarah tying the knot. Like, all right, this is getting a little bit obscure, but yes, I was looking forward to the cake. 
<laughs> but so did you have a good? Did you have like an argument with him? Like, how did you well, get it out? Look, he still got married, so I mean, what am I going to do? I'm happy for the guy. It was just more of those with a smile on my face, walked up to him and said, "I'm going to punch you in the dick." Yep. Well, it's the Australian. The it's the Australian way. Then to uh, to get some sort of retribution, I stole a cactus. Why was there a cactus there? They were giving out little cacti as wedding favors, like tiny little <laughs> kind of palm sized ones. That okay. were as in palm of your hand, not tree palm. Yeah. Uh, but they were being flanked by these two massive cactuses that kind of look like a penis. So I thought, well, that's a little bit funny, and that needs to be in the Grinter household. <laughs> <laughs> so I grabbed one of those, got it out of the party, and then um, got a phone call. That, like as I was leaving, Greeny saw to me. He was like, mm, "Could you put that back? I feel like this could cause some problems." And I gave it my best Hamburglar kind of face and uh, run out doing like the really big steps. What like, would it cause uh-huh. problems? Well, apparently Sarah really wanted that cactus oh um so yes that was i get a phone call the next night I'm like i need you to bring that cactus back it's she, like all fucking day with the cactus she's like she handpicked the one that looked like a dick she's like i want that one <laughs> that is my that is my cacti exactly <laughs> it's like a, a chastity cactus yes good times mm. are you still <laughs> friends with this person uh friends with him i don't know that the wife will be talking to me anytime soon well you gave the dick back so it's all right <laughs> well you know you can't deprive a woman let's get into the review now what did you before you went back and watched it, what did you remember mostly I completely forgot about the whole Martin angle where Bart took over Martin's oh, really? soapbox. Yeah. No, I remembered all of that. I remembered all of the plot. I just didn't remember many of the jokes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that. I just, for some reason, thought that Homer and Bart had an argument over something. I couldn't remember what it was, and it, obviously it was the Martin angle, yeah. Mm. It was a fine episode. It wasn't that great. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up. Like, it's it's a good episode. It's not a great episode. It's got some chuckles. It's got some moments yeah. without ever really reaching the absolute peaks. Yeah. So, a few facts before we get into the review. Actually, before we even get into the facts, we got a donation just as we're about to record from one Claire Morley who donated to the show. Hot off the presses. Thank yeah. You. So, we're just getting, trying to get any final facts in just before we started recording and bang, email. Claire Morley has donated money to you. So, thank you, Claire Morley. It's very much appreciated. If you want to chuck us a couple of dollars... It's a four-finger discount. A couple do- of dollary dues. yeah. That's what it's, we have to refer to them from now on. If you want to send us some dollary dues, it's fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Every donation is much appreciated from 10 cents all the way through to a million dollars. We only had two of them, so we would really if, like more of them. If you're running a dodgy building and loan and you just want to write some fake loans out and then send us the proceeds, I certainly wouldn't recommend doing that because that would be illegal. But, I mean, if you did... I'd be happy. You work in a bank, so you know how to get all the shifty stuff done, don't you? Well, that's... Um, <laughs> Moving along swiftly. Let's just say it moved me yes. to a bigger house. So, some facts. Sam Simon found a father test many, many years before this episode was produced. Okay. Which so, gave this the was idea a real thing this, that yeah, they used to do. Yeah, which gave the idea for the subplot. I thought it was a bit ridiculous. And then I listened to the commentary and looked up a bit. And yeah, apparently it was a real thing to have father test. Are you a good father? Answer these questions. He thought that was ridiculous. I thought that that would be exactly something that would come out of like a Woman's Day magazine. <sighs> Maybe. So, I don't really read them. So, I wouldn't know. Yeah, okay. Obviously, you would. Uh, frequently, I need to know, you know, exactly how many times Brad Pitt has gotten divorced and remarried in, in any given week. The front covers are always hilarious. Yeah, I like that when you get the same photo on two different covers that have two different stories. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that inspired this episode, actually, was back in Itchy and Scratchy in March. Mm. Now, when the cartoon becomes PG, Bart says, I'm going to go build a soapbox. Oh. And that's where the writers are. We liked the idea of Bart building a soapbox. Let's write an episode about it. Yeah, okay. So that's where they, that's where that spawned from. It's cool. Apparently, the censors weren't happy with Bart welding. They thought that kids are going to watch that and go get some power tools out and copy him. 
And the Simpsons writer's justification was that kids don't know how to get access to power tools, so it'll be fine. That's probably a fair point. It's not like, you know, you're going to have more of an issue with Bart holding a gun than Bart holding a MIG welder. Like kids smoking in this episode. I know that it wasn't a MIG welder, by the way. Factory workers out there. (laughs) Calm down. Just because I work in a bank, I know a few tools. The only known story they have of a kid who watched The Simpsons and hurt himself, going by the mother's story, was that their son tried to like skateboard down a staircase or something. <laughs> well, he tried to skateboard down from a, some sort of height and he hurt himself. Yeah, and they well, say, that could have happened from watching Home Alone. I find it funny that they had a problem with that, the sensors, but no mention of the kid smoking. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like Nelson smokes in this episode. Yeah. You will never see that again. Yeah. A child smoking. Homer just laying in naked flame near an empty can of gasoline. Yeah, that was the other thing that I had an issue with as well. This is the final fact that Nelson, he had every trick in the book. Kind of like Dick Dastardly from The Wacky Races. <laughs> exactly like that. But he um, <laughs> just envisioned Nelson in Smoky Races. <laughs> um, there was a scandal in the World Soapbox Championships back in 1973. Oh, dear. Now, do you know what the scandal was? Doping. No, it's hilarious. One of the play- one of the uh, competitors had too much fizz before the game. It involved magnets. Magnets. Yes, because the guy magnets, bitch. The, the guy that's in front of the soapboxes is metal or whatever. Yeah, and this guy had met- uh, magnets installed in the front of his soapbox, so when it, it flicked down, it, it would pulled his car. Give him forward. like a little bit of a boost. Yeah, head start. That's genius. I know, I that's know. not even cheating. It's too good. It's amazing. What a man. <laughs> How good is that? Because they fall forward, so he got pulled forward at the start. And how is Jesse doing these days? It's <laughs> oh, so damn cool. I know. I looked it up. Like 1973. It's amazing. Oh. I would have gone for like fishing line or something like that and tie it. <laughs> tie it to the thing. And then you've, you've got to have like a little release cable that you maybe it's tied to your toe or something. And when you pull on that, the fishing line disappears and you like, just take like, off. Like Poe Dameron with the TIE Fighter in Star Wars where he's like, can't release yeah. the TIE Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was so amazing and it deserved a mention. Oh, you know what would be great? If anyone out there is making a soapbox, um, do they, I, I assume they still have... Soapbox derbies? Does that happen in places with hills? I've only ever seen them on The Simpsons. I mean, in Australia, we'd call that a billy cart. I have no idea why. No, yeah, there's got to be a reason. Mm. (laughs) But in any case, you've got a little inflatable R2-D2 sitting right here. If anyone out there is building a soapbox, please, for the love of God, put an (laughs) R2-D2 in the middle of it. How fantastic would that be? Shape like an X-Wing. Yeah. That would be so good. That would cool. be phenomenal. You just, <laughs> it wouldn't even hold the race. And the, just but, declare you the winner. If I, was, if, if I was in that, I would react the exact same way Martin did. It was a lot higher than I remember yeah. it being. <laughs> <laughs> I would be shitting myself. So the original air date was November 14th, 1991. The chalk gag was, I will not fake rabies. And the couch gag was, the couch cushions are missing and the family falls through into the couch. It'd be pretty easy to fake rabies, I reckon. Just pop like an Aspro clear in your mouth and let it fizz up. You've tried this before? No, but kids out there, if you're listening, please give it a crack tomorrow at school. See how it works. <laughs> kids are putting soap in their mouth to try and get the bubbles. <laughs> Senses would hate me. <laughs> <laughs> the episode kicked off with, I can't believe they invented it. Yeah, and it was nice to see that. Yeah. Like, like it's one of those things that, one of those little non sequitur jokes that it's always really hard to remember what episode they take part in. So when it does come up, you're like, oh yeah, this. Well, as Al Jean said in the commentary, that... If they ever needed to fill time in the earlier seasons, let's just get Phil in and just whack him one of these segments featuring yep. Troy McClure. Phil was just the quintessential guy. All right, we need to fill time. Get him in. He'll say something that'll fill the gap, you know? Mm. And this was this is one of those segments where you can really... You tie it to the earlier episodes, don't you? Because they sort of stopped doing it after maybe season seven or eight-ish. Yeah. So, whenever you see it, you know it's part of the golden era. Yeah. I liked the way that they were going through the inventions as well. That, like, the beer hat... 
the, or the beer helmet. I assume that actually existed back then as well. Because, I mean, you can, buy, home, the, yeah. you, you can buy them anywhere. But then it very quickly turned to ridiculousness with the rocket-powered scooter. And what was the final... Oh, the, the, sugar cube, the sugar cube machine. What the hell's the point? What? And Homer's like, yes. And he puts, like, sugar in water. Yeah. Why did you get sugar in water? I did love the throwback, though, with the foam dome. How great was that? Mm-hmm. Because Homer bought one at the start and he was wearing it at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that was very good at the end of the episode. Um, And, well, even just before the very end where Bart's like, I put your hat in the fridge. Yeah. Also, they have this uh, detergent to clean gravestones uh, called Spiffy. Spiffy. And apparently that... The tombstone of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Well, I know, we'll get to I that love in a the, second. Yeah. <laughs> just that cadence, the way it's pronounced, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. Yeah. But the detergent names, apparently they came up with lots of different ones. Mm. But, and they thought they were wacky, but it turns out they were actually real detergent names. Uh, well, that would be tough because <laughs> yeah. there's so many different ones out there. So, they just went with Spiffy and apparently there wasn't one called Spiffy at the time. Maybe there is now. I'm if not you, too sure. Would you, would you come up with a detergent name. What would Four Finger Discount's detergent name be? Oh, don't put me on the spot like that. Okay. You probably thought about this. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the first time. But I'm, I'm going to throw one out and yeah. listeners can try and find one out there. So, let's go with Frank Grimes Be Gone. <laughs> That's, that should be a detergent. Well, I, I would buy it just to put it on the on the window. If it, if it, it, Frank would be in brackets, so it's like Grime be gone, but with Frank just in parentheses. So, so it's, is it Grimes or Grime be gone? Maybe gr- the yes of Grimes can also be in there as well. So just bracket, bracket, bracket. Yeah, <laughs> brackets are all over the place <laughs> for the sake of getting the Simpsons reference in. Yeah, I'd buy it anyway. So as we said, yeah, it's funny that they got Edgar Allan Poe was gravestone, and Bart's passing past Homer as he's watching this. I just love the fact that Homer's just watching this infomercial and he's so excited by it that he can't just even type matches the pad. Calm down, relax, <laughs> take a deep breath and type the number properly. But I'm so like that with info TV, like infomercial TV. Every product, I was like, this looks like the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld had that great bit of saying that particularly late at night, like you watch these ads and you start to believe them. It's like you'd be going, you know what? I think I could cut through a shoe with any of my knives. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they kick off the, the main plot here. Subtly with Bart walking past and asking Homer where's the power tools and Homer tells him where they are. Yep. So you sort of think, what's that for? And they wait a few scenes before they actually reveal what Bart's doing. It's just yeah. a bit of a tease. And it shows Homer is just being that irresponsible parent. Yeah, not paying any attention to his son. Well, I wanted to sort of drop the hints that Homer... The story basically is that Homer's not paying any attention to Bart. Doesn't yeah. know nothing about him, so they need to connect in some way. So... I think Dr. Nick wants to offer for like thirty nine ninety five. The crowd riots. Booze. <laughs> and then he offers twenty nine ninety five. But I didn't quite pick up because I wasn't really paying too much attention. Did he offer something else for an extra twenty nine ninety five, or was it something else? And then drops the price for both down to twenty nine ninety five. Because that's when everyone gets excited and Homer gets the, the phone out. And I'm assuming something. Just with my knowledge of the way this sort of thing works, it definitely would have been. Something like the original thing plus something else for less than half of the original price that they were talking about. Yeah, I just Homer's excitement just got me every time. It's just yeah. hilarious. Just <laughs> calm down, <laughs> calm down. Uh, Patty and Summer come over to visit. Uh, the really prevent him from ordering it. He doesn't get his spiffy. Do they really? Because he's halfway through dialing, uh, and Marge, then Marge is like, "Can you get the door? My sisters are here." Yeah, you're right. Well, he, he nearly tries to do it again a little bit later, but Marge says, "Are you ordering stuff off the TV again?" He's like, "Shh, I'll yeah. hear you." Yeah. By this point, they've set up the dynamic of Patty and Selma not liking Homer. Yeah. They coming over here like, here you go. Patty! Delma, what a pleasant to pray. <laughs> what do you know? He's wearing pants. I owe you a lunch. They want to choose hairstyles. I don't know really why they went with this. I guess they needed to get Marge out of the house. Like, it didn't really add anything to the story, the why they got different hairstyles. Yeah, th- that's true. But I suppose just to show 
you know, what would three sisters do on a day? Yeah. Like they, uh, although they obviously just needed a reason to get Marge away from the kids so Homer had to spend time with them. Yeah. And then as Marge is telling Homer that they're going to, to the salon, uh, you hear the power tools in the background. Who's using power tools? I don't know. Some guy, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, you know that the story for Bart's going to be something to do with power tools, obviously. Yeah. I, uh, we get some of Homer's great advice, by the way. Yeah. In, in, scene. in regards to the power tools, yes. So... Uh, Dad, where's the uh, where's the helmet or something along those lines? If sparks start flying, just turn your head. Is that what he said? Yeah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and uh, and then just as he's about to leave, in a moment, he takes Lisa to the video store. I was like, you can't weld with such a little flame, <laughs> stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> so as we said, Marge suggests that he takes the kids out somewhere. Homer agrees, not knowing that Lisa can actually hear her say that. Did you hear that? Yes. How much? Everything. What's the quickest, cheapest, easiest way to do something with you? Uh, take us to the video store? Anything for my little girl. When you're a kid, there's nothing you want to do more than go to the video shop. Well, for me it was anyway. I loved going to the video shop. We've mentioned this on the podcast numerous times. It was just the thing to do in the early 90s when you were a kid. Mm. I also mentioned here too on my notes, it's four and a half minutes by this point of the episode. Back in the day, they were really good at wasting time. Yeah. Nothing much has really happened and they've got rid rid of a fifth of the episode already. But at no point did it feel boring or like nothing was happening. No, no. Like, uh, they were planting seeds for the story, but nothing really happened in that first five minutes or so. No, they were being patient with what they were doing. Yeah. So, as we said, as they're leaving, we see Bart welding, we get the Homer quotes, stupid kid. But here we learn, though, that Bart is building some sort of car. We don't know what it is, but he's building some sort of cart. Cart. Yeah. Yeah. You said some sort of car. It was a soapbox. We can assume that he's not building, you know... Ford Territory or something along those lines. Well, Mind you, that's probably how they're going to be made in around about six months' time. Is it a soapbox race car? I assume so. You know, it's something for... We don't know that he's trying to compete. I just think it's funny Bart knows how to use a welder. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to use a welder. Clearly doesn't. Didn't have a big enough flame. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, they go to VHS Village and Homer watches the McBain sneak peek, I guess you'd this call it. This is a really good way to jam a McBain clip yeah. into the episode and make it feel organic. This is probably the most iconic moment from this episode that people remember. Yeah. Not knowing where it's from. But yeah, it's just one of those filler things that everyone loves the Mendoza. Yeah. And there's a lot in the way of parody going on just in that yeah. little moment. Like Lethal Weapon is a fairly clear one with the boat. The boat called the Live Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Subtle joke. Even the, like, the guy kind of looks like Danny Glover yep. a little bit. And the big Mendoza scream, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not the exact same camera move, but I was flashing to Star Trek Wrath of Khan, okay. where Shatner gives it the big Khan. Yeah. Well, in the commentary, they said it's just, they got that the idea for that from every like 1930s sci fi film. Yeah. Okay. Where they always just look into the sky and scream. They scream. Yeah. Uh, it also takes off. A Clint Eastwood movie's Sudden Impact? Was it oh, Brad, yeah, that's one Brad, of the Dirty Harry films. Apparently, apparently his partner is black or something and okay. gets killed. Yeah. yeah well, that's that, enough. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. Apparently, yeah, that's what they said in the commentary. I also think it was um, it was very, very violent for a kid's cartoon. Like when he gets shot. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. He got shot a lot of times. I loved all the funky camera angles that they had as well when Scoey's getting shot. Like they had one for no reason at all looking through a door hole, like a keyhole. Really? And then there was something else where it was like shot from a really weird angle under a TV. It was like, it, it felt like those, again, really kind of B-movie 70s cop shows where like the action for whatever reason would just be filmed from bizarre directions. As soon as you hear I'm two days from retirement, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know that guy ain't living. Or at the very least, his car's going to be blown up. Homer grabs the tape, football's greatest injuries. Yep. Lisa isn't happy because Homer wants to leave straight away once he's found what he wanted. So, I think, do you reckon that was a subtle joke there where Homer was supposed to be doing something for the kids, but and as soon as he found what he wanted, he wanted to go home. I don't think it's subtle. I think it was yeah. pretty loud <laughs> and clear. 
Uh, Lisa can't find Happy Tree Elves. I felt like this scene here was uh, cut very short. Because there's lots of good movies here, and it was like he was going to say something again, but then it just cuts away. Uh, if you go back and watch it, it feels like he's cut off mid-sentence. Because you don't need that, Lisa. There's lots of good movies here. And then it just sort of quickly cuts away. Possibly. Maybe he listened through a few movies and they cut it off to save time? No, I don't know. I just took it as being... That that may have happened. I didn't really pick up on it sounding cut off. I just thought it was more that he was cutting her off further to the point of what you were just talking about. He'd found what he wanted. So, it was just a throwaway line. Like, grab anything. They're all good. Yeah, either way. Yep. Uh, So, cuts to the sisters at the salon. And Patty and Summer suggest Homer take the father test, which she found in her magazine. Test your FQ. Yes. Fatherhood quotient. Quotient, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. Uh, They arrive home and Homer laughs at their hair, which I think was just hilarious. (laughs) Doesn't say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Just laughs at them. I do think it was was nice, though, to see um, Salma defend Patty. Yeah, that was Because nice. it was kind of me, but I would just laugh at them. Pretty <laughs> yeah, goddamn funny. Even though it is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the old Ed, ha- Ed Asner haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love... I really like the video that he was watching, The Galloping Gazelle. That's one thing that's always stood out in my memory. Again, I couldn't remember it was from this specific neck, episode. Yeah. But just how violently that neck is grabbed. I know, yeah. But also the poetry of the way like, they, they called him The Galloping Gazelle. It's just like, galloping. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just delivered brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. Homer takes the test and fails miserably. <laughs> Doesn't know anything. And again, hilariously. This yeah. Is, this is some of the strongest stuff for me. Like, who's yeah, who's Bart's hero? Steve McQueen. That's your <laughs> That's hero. That's your hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marge sends him out to see Bart in the garage because he says Bart has no hobbies. So, she, he goes out there and realizes that Bart's yeah. building the soapbox racer. So, the whole Bart's whole grand plan is revealed here finally. And Homer sort of comes to the conclusion or he realizes, I don't know Jack about my boy. <laughs> I'm a bad father. <laughs> You're also fat. I'm also fat. <laughs> Is this the first time that Homer acknowledges being a bad father? I'm sure he's done it with Lisa beforehand. Surely. But has it ever really hit him like this? He's always kind of been oblivious throughout. Uh, yeah, because in Lisa's substitute... Even that he doesn't really acknowledge being a bad parent. If anything, he talks himself up as being a great one after he fixes things. He doesn't even really know it when he's sent there to no. his room, does he? I'm sure there is a moment. Yeah, you're right. He really sort of comes to a realisation. Self-actualizes. He? Yeah. Becomes sentient. Yeah. Which is good. He needed to. He did. <laughs> he was Not that it father. really fixed anything. I think it was just jumping forward a bit. When Marge says, you are a bad father, that was a real emotional punch. They did mm. really well in that scene. And there's a there was a line change in the script that I'm glad they did because had they gone with the original, they would have made it funny as opposed to emotional. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll mention that later on. So, act two. Homer calls the father hotline. Is that what's the national father hotline or something? Well, like it's like the Fatherhood Institute or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they love playing songs that... The uh, cats in the cradle <laughs> and the silver spoon. It always reminds me of the Treehouse of Horror 3, I think it is, the evil crusty. Like yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. loves the clowns, yeah. so why don't you? <laughs> and I love what, like, you know, he gets through the hotline and they're like, you know, I took your test and I got a zero. He's like, a zero? Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel my one o'clock. And the fact that, like, we'll send around a wood-paneled station wagon to collect you immediately. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, it's, I don't know, they weren't really big ever in Australia that I'm aware of, but I just think of immediately Clark Griswold and that perfectly sums up exactly the sort of father that they're trying to be. And these guys really make an effort to, to improve Homer, don't they? Yeah, they the whole do. Episode. Yeah. Even, even at the end when they embrace, it's yeah. so good. And I love the, like, the, just in the next, it's not even, it's, it's almost the next scene, but partly the same scene when Bart's showing um, his racer to the kids, just the way they come up and take him, like, goodbye, son. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's just he's accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> so as he said, Bart showing off the racer to his friends. Martin hints that he's got his own one without actually saying it. Yeah. Sort of like the snobby rich kid is. I'm assuming Martin must be rich. Yeah, well, you would think his parents would have good jobs because yeah. they're equally intelligent. And as you said, the Institute comes to get Homer. Goodbye, son. Hey, Bart. I think they're finally hauling your dad away. Maybe it's for the best. At the Institute, do you want to take this one? Because I'm assuming this is a scene you'd really, really like. I got a lot of enjoyment out of this. It's probably the strongest, I think, that the episode got to. So, yeah. Besides as- the awkward, here's a book. From Bill Cosby. Yeah, well, wow, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a book on dating. No, exactly. <laughs> um, it, I love like just all of the different laboratory testing of of like you know father like the father and a son playing catch and they've got like the geometric shapes of them and that sort of thing as they're trying to analyze the way it all goes on. And even when Homer's there, he's still awful at it. Oh yeah, like, you know. Um, Does the boy have any interest? What boy? what boy? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, but it's the under- <laughs> that's so good. The underwater fathering is what I love the most. So it's when he's introduced, like my this, favorite scene, the whole episode. This is my son. You know, like that back and forth didn't come easily and that sort of thing. But yeah, so the kids doing a test of just two guys in scuba suits for some reason. Um, was it scuba suits? It might have ever been a diving, like it an old-fashioned like diving, old-fashioned diving thing. Yeah, yeah. in there just <laughs> just at a table under the water. And then it cuts away from them, and then the cut back to the shark eating the kid. <laughs> now, on its own, that's already funny because yep. you're like, "Well, why would they have a shark in there? That's ridiculous." You get the, you know, the good lord. It's the, oh no, not again! Dear God, not again! <laughs> so that's that's what takes it to the next level for me. That was my favourite scene in the whole episode. Why haven't we learned? Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, not again! <laughs> See, the thing about... And this is the dad just distressed while the kid's getting eaten by a shark. The thing about running laboratory testing is you can only ever change one variable at a time. So, if they got a new couple in after the first one had been eaten by a shark, you have to leave the shark in there. Otherwise, you don't know if it was the couple or the shark that caused the initial incident. (laughs) I just love that the shark wasn't in there. And then they cut back five seconds later, there's a shark in there. (laughs) It's very, it was very un-Simpsons like that gag, in my opinion. It was, but I'm it's, so glad it was in. Oh, yeah, it's so absurd, but it's fuck. It was funny. I just laughed so hard when it happened. But as bef- just prior to that, the what's the guy's name? Like, does he have a name? Like, the guy that runs the institute, uh, who or cares? Yeah, whatever. His the, name the, doesn't the boss, Yeah, he suggests that he helps Bart with the soapbox racer. Yeah. So he cuts back, and Bart pretty much just doesn't want Homer's help at all, does he? No, doesn't need it. No. Q. Delightful help from Bill Cosby. Yes. And what is it? Use reverse psychology. Use reverse psychology. Homer ends up using it on himself. His brain uses it on I'd himself. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. As far really as good. Homer's back and forth between his brain. It's one of the better ones. Don't you get it? You got to use reverse psychology. Well, that sounds too complicated. Okay. Don't use reverse psychology. All right. I will. Homer runs through all the things that he's built. The spice rack. The bird feeder. How funny was that? <laughs> Just, Just the collapsed. wings. <laughs> wings out to the side. And the, we, we call it a swing set. I think he calls it like a... What do you uh, call it? Jungle gym or something like no, that? No, it was, it was a gym, gymery or something. I don't know. We called it a Jimbaroo? swing set. Jimbaroo? Jimbaroo, I, I think he said. We called it a swing set. I love, though, when it collapsed, it happened in real time. Homer goes, what was that? Yeah. No, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, he reads the book, as we said, uses reverse college on himself, and he convinces Bart to let him help him with the, with the soapbox racer. Mm-hmm. A really nice montage here. Like, good song choice. That's my boy. Really Worked really, really well. Any idea who sings that song? I'll tell you, talk, and I'll tell you. I have no idea, personally. A lot of the time, I ask questions like that because I've already researched the answer, and then I'm about to hit you with some knowledge. In this instance, I wrote it down, and I thought to myself, I should really look that up, and then I didn't. Listeners, if you're out there and you know 
who it is and forgive what would probably have just been a really awkward edit from the last time I was talking to now. Dando has frantically spent the last five minutes <laughs> refusing <laughs> to allow anyway. us to continue to record until he could find the answer. Yeah, um, Maybe it was an original. No, it wasn't because they mentioned in the um in the commentary who it was by. Okay. Anyway, it was a really, really good song choice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to find it after we finish editing. It's going to bother me. Send it, send us a message anyway, so just so we know that you're listening and that you care. So, uh, mailbag at fourfingerdiscat.com.au and tell us who sings That's My Boy. That's My Boy. Maybe it's not called that. <laughs> Maybe that's why I can't find it. <laughs> that's probably what it is. <laughs> anyway, it does not matter. It's not important. I did like during the montage, though, of putting the flame near the gas yep. or the petrol, as we call it here in Australia. And drinking the paint remover as well. Yeah, that was funny. We've all done that at some point in our life where we've drunk something. We've realised that just as it's about to go into our mouth, but it's too late by that point. It's already it's on its way in. Mm. You obviously you're looking like you haven't done it. No, I have done that before. I drank pure vinegar on a really hot day Ooh, that, that was just good. in a, a plain bottle in the fridge. A whole mouthful swallowed. Yeah, or b- oh. big like it was in the fridge. Who the fuck stores vinegar in a fridge? That's was atrocious. At man. a friend's place, I was like, "Am I right to drink this water?" And he went without looking, just went, "Yeah, of course." So I just bang, oh, knocked no it back. Way burned for like three hours. It was awful. And on a thirty-eight degree day, that it did the exact opposite of what I wanted it to do. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I feel sorry for you, man. Where were we in the episode anyway? That's my boy. That's my boy. Off. So we've got the montage. After the montage, we get another one of those really nice scenes that I've been enjoying more and more as we go along of just Homer and Marge in bed. Yep. Just chatting. Yeah. Discussing their days. As much as I'm not a fan of that it's in my of, own relationship. It's a sense of realism though, isn't it? Yeah. I like to discuss things at the table and then by the time I get to bed, I'm switching off and I'm ready for sleep. Well, it's a good place for the writers to be able to have Marge and Homer have a conversation uninterrupted. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. And be on, uh, open and honest and say things that, without people around, you know? Mm. Um, Homer's very, very happy at this point. He reminds me of me before the weight of the world crushed my spirit. A joke for the adults, that one. Yeah, yeah, it really For is. anyone that had a dream and has lived to see that dream fall to pieces. We, I don't think we've quite hit that point in our life yet. No, this has helped. This has given us a lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yeah, really we get has. to relive our youth. Yeah. Well, nostalgia is great. It just takes you back to happier times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we're at the Soapbox Derby now. This is the heats. We have the classic, you know, you should have consulted your father joke, even mm. though like, even though he did. Yeah. Like, ooh, you're not supposed to let your father help you, but you really should have consulted him. Bart doesn't want to wear his helmet. Homer sticks up for him. Fine. I don't care. I just want to get out of yep. here anyway. Yep. Martin reveals his car. It's very, very fancy. When Nelson comes in, the body in the trunk. What was that? You didn't hear nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nelson is the, the villain here. Mm. He is, what is that, Dick Darsley. Yeah, really, Dick Darsley. Really yeah. He's got these two little lackeys who are muttly. Yeah. And Nelson's smoking, which is really, really bizarre. Yeah. I, I was surprised. He's the bully. Bullies are allowed to smoke. Yeah, I know, but I was surprised that even in 1991, you could have a child smoking on television. Mm. I mean, they cut, they, if, they, if they're cutting out the gag where, hey, kid, you look sophisticated. I wonder whether that... Because I don't remember but, uh, Nelson smoking at all. I wonder whether that no, was cut out. I, th- I remember it. I seem to remember it. But I, I don't know. Like I feel like it's... You've got to trust the audience a little bit and know that when the evil person is doing a bad thing, that means that the thing is bad. Like, it's... it's When you've yeah. got the really bad person doing something... If you have Bart smoking, Bart's an icon, that's probably... You know, that could be sending the wrong message. But when you have the person... That's mean to everybody doing something. That's not supposed to inspire people to go out and do that. And I think most audience members, most kids have, even kids, have enough knowledge and common sense to know that. Yep. No, Senses don't, however. I can agree with that. I did notice here, too, that Nelson hasn't got his ha-ha catchphrase yet. Yeah, no. We haven't heard him say it yet. No. It just, it's just dawned on me as I was watching it. I thought, yeah, we haven't heard him say ha-ha yeah, yet. I wonder when that was. You would have thought he would have given one 
by the, season three. Oh, well, I was going to say when he talks about loser mobile. Yeah, that's 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 when it sort of dawned on me. I thought I was waiting for him to say a ha ha, but it just didn't happen. Mm. You know, yeah, I was born for that moment. Yeah, his car reminds me though of the villain from Greece. Now you were saying to me earlier that you don't really remember anything about Greece. You've seen oh, it bits and once. pieces. I remember some crazy misogynistic undertones, and um, you know, just change your appearance and and your personality for people to love you, and that's fine. That's pretty much the the whole underlying message yeah, in yeah. Greece. So if you've seen as Greece, long as you do it to sixty song and dance numbers, yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> So everyone who's seen Greece will be aware that when he has that Travolta has that race with that weird guy, the mean guy at the end. He's got the the blaze coming outside of his car, which mm. Nelson does in this, and the flames. It's black with flames. Very very similar. Mm-hmm. There's a moment in the race itself that reminds, I think, is a reference from Ben Hur. There is a Ben Hur reference he, apparently on the Wikipedia page. Okay, well, it would be when he pulls out the whip crack. Yeah, that like you know that's very similar to their chariot racing. Where they're sort of whipping the enemy. Ah, that's what he does. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I've never seen Ben Hur. Neither have I, and this is why I can profess to be a really great movie nerd. I can pick up references from things that I have never watched. <laughs> well, you've done very, very well. Legitimately there. saw that and went, oh, Ben-Hur. And then paused for a moment and went, how the fuck do I even know that? Because the whipping and spikes coming out of Nelson's racer are a reference to the chariot race in the film Ben-Hur. Thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> well, Wikipedia says so, so it must be true. I love the race, though. So, basically, Nelson's the villain, so he uses weapons, he cheats, he still doesn't win. Bart doesn't finish because his car's just shit. And yeah. Martin... Bart goes very cool runnings. Yeah. Falls apart <laughs> really, at the end. Really, really bad. And Mart, Martin is so scared because he's built a car that's probably not built for soapbox racing. It's for actual car racing. Or travel to the moon. How great. This is my second favorite part. When he crashes into the wall, runs out on fire screaming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's his child on fire. <laughs> that doesn't put him out of those. I, I wrote down that it was, it was really, again, it was more cartoonish than you would expect in The Simpsons, but it was still fucking hilarious. Oh. Oh, so just the fact that he was screaming in pain, right? Flailing around. <laughs> on fire. And they put out the car instead. Yep. Oh, man, that was great. That's classic cartoon comedy. Oh, yeah. Like um, when Smithers gets done with the bee and he falls out in front of the yeah. hospital and, and Mr. Burns gets taken yeah. in. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Great animation. Good animation up, up leading up to the crash as well. Just yeah. the, like the, the face terror. and the panic. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm out of control. <laughs> It's so good. I love it. It leaves a trailblaze of fire behind him. Yeah. <laughs> He's going down. So helpless. And clearly had never tested it. And, and, and as, as we're about to start, do you mind if I just take one more minute to just... Pff, gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's off. Um, and the front of the car heating up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's, like it's attempting re-entry. <laughs> um, Martin's in hospital. I did think here this was very, um, very well done. It's might seem a bit over the top looking into it too much, but just having Martin say... Owie, owie, owie. Because that's what a kid would say. Yeah. It's just not, rather and, than just be in pain. And contrasted against how sophisticated Martin acts yeah. all the time. It hurts. It hurts. Owie, owie, owie. <laughs> that's, uh, and, you know, gives me a go-to anytime I get, like, the tiniest of cuts. Yeah. <laughs> a paper cut. Didn't you get a paper cut this I week? I got a paper cut in the webbing of my fingers. It hurt like hell. Yeah, it's terrible in there, isn't it? Um, it was first paper cut I'd had in years. I was, I, I was, and not a week beforehand, I went, oh, I haven't had a paper cut in a really long time. I was patting myself on the back for it. And then I got sloppy. I loved just the way Martin was playing it up massively to Dr. Hibbert as well. Hey, man, cool crash. Way to cheat death. Thanks, Bart. You had the best stick out there, man. I wish I could build him like you. That racer transformed me into the twisted creature you see before you. I'll never race again. Like, it's hilarious. It's a fracture. Yeah, <laughs> he's playing it up as if he's lost his arm. On the Wikipedia page, it doesn't even say that. It says he's in hospital due to burns. 
Like that's no, not correct. No, that's not correct that's at not all. Correct. They put at a, all. They put an X-ray up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he asked Bart to drive his car instead. Pre- I was going to say, presumably he had a fire retardant suit. I don't think so. Otherwise, you wouldn't be screaming in pain. Maybe you're screaming in terror. Still would have, yeah, terror. <laughs> She's on fire. Still going to be hot. <laughs> it's an eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid. It's a little bit like uh, Nikki Lauda from the movie Rush and from real life. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like just complete fireball. I'm surprised he came out alive. Mm. <laughs> All pretty damn hard. Anyway, so he suggests that Bart drive his car instead because Bart's car is terrible, mm. and Bart's put into the awkward situation of do I. Race to win or race because I want to be friends with my dad. Yeah. Uh, cuts back to Homer. He's really, Homer's really excited. I'm assuming that two kids from every heat must go through to the final because why else would Bart be in the next one? Because he didn't actually finish the race. Yeah, that's true. I didn't quite get that. No, well, um, he is, he, well, was, he was in he, heat. He's in it in place of Martin who won. Uh, but, but Homer said we've got, we've got two more weeks to get the soapbox ready for the next race. Well, in Homer's mind, he's just replaced Martin. So it doesn't matter about the car. So, but, but Nelson came second. So, yeah. So the I guess it is top two go through. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. When so the winners disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. But they were in like heat four, weren't they? So how many kids were in the final race? I didn't actually watch it. I thought it was any, t- looking too much into it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't get my program for <laughs> for soapbox racing in 1991, but I think you'll find it was an eight week series. I'll show you the logistics of it. Doesn't matter. So Homer's really really amped, which is good to see. He's he's motivated. Okay, Bart, we've got a lot of work to do in the car, so I'm going to pull you out of school for the next couple of weeks. Dad, I don't know how to say this, but I don't want to drive your car. It's slow, it's ugly, it handles like a shopping cart. Bart, the car has a few bugs in it, I admit that, but we're Team Simpson. Great acting by Dan here. Yeah. Homer's oh, feeling fine. sorry for himself, but you really feel you feel sorry for him too. At first, you think maybe he's just doing the reverse psychology thing, and then Bart leaves, and then you realise... That no, he he is really upset. Yeah, I did like here too. When Bart leaves, he sits in the car. And he does have the. I think it was a bit over the top. The line of I remember when I did have a son or something like <laughs> that. It's a bit over the top. But when the car collapses, instead of saying "doe," which you normally expect it, he says "ow." Yeah, because it would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was better than just going to the cliche of "doe." Thought it was funnier. Mm. Uh, Homer's watching through the window. Next act, Homer's watching through the window. Bart drive Martin's car. It sounds like a jet going past. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. A great animation, too, of just seeing it in the reflection of the window. Yeah. Lisa asks uh, Homer to take her to the doctor because she's scheduled a tetanus shot. Because she's worried about barefoot season. Yeah, <laughs> she said, I'm quite anal, but... <laughs> I love that summer is referred to as barefoot. It's going to be hot. I'm going to be walking around in barefoot. There might be rusty nails. No, right? there's, 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 there is lots of rusty nails outside. There's, there's logic to it all. Yeah. That no child would ever, ever give any thought to. No parent would either. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then Homer's response is brilliant. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. Take you, worry about you, and then just have you drive home in someone else's car. Yeah. That's how you play your games, isn't it, Lisa? That's how you get your kicks. <laughs> it was a good way to get Homer. I'm trying to think what, what's the purpose of this. Then he sees Martin there. You homebreaker! Home <laughs> it was a really good reaction. And then the... Mr. Simpson, you have every right to be angry. But rest assured, your son loves you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly gave that boy the heebie-jeebies. I was expecting him to choke Martin. At that point. Yeah. But then just just the growl and it yeah. runs away scared. Yeah. I thought, oh, it was perfect. Great writing. And then Dr. Hibbert not giving a shit. Oh, you scared yeah. of a jeebus out of that child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it comes to Soapbox Day. I'm assuming it's the final. Well, it must be because we get TV presentation. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I sort of said. And like Murray Walker style commentary. Uh, who was apparently done. It was done by Larry McKay, who okay. was is, is somebody. 
I don't know. So, so that might That's have been like the, an actual race announcer. Well, he does. He's a narrator of a few things. He hasn't done. Okay. I, l- I looked him up before the show. He hasn't. He's not a famous person, but he's done a few cartoons. Apparently, he was on Marabou Children as a commentator for things as well. Yeah, he's okay. got a good commentator voice. He does have that kind of like you know. And it's the final week here of the Springfield Soapbox yeah. Derby. It, um, it reminds me of our Dead Putting Society, just an over the yeah. top, yeah. you know, celebration for something that's oh my important. God. Never in all my years of mini golf presentation have I seen something so glorious. Yeah, I love all of those sorts of voices. Yeah. My, my favorite style of voice like that though is like 1930s newsreader. Yeah. I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast before, don't but think that's so. um, uh, what would it be like? It's because you look like one, <laughs> possibly. But it would be um. Young Martin Prince is out of hospital and in the corner of young Bart Simpson taking his place in the Springfield Soapbox Derby. We wish you all the best, Bart. Good luck. Yeah, like that sort of, you know, thing that you, you would sit down at a movie theatre and get 15 minutes of reels about that. Well, the Simpsons do that. Oh, is it Itchy and Scratchy Show? Oh, no, it's when Grandpa and Jasper are at the movies. Uh, Springfield's a, a city on the grow. Or last something. Exit to Springfield. Is that what it is? I think that's the one that it is, where and Grandpa the, starts riding for... That's not Last Exit to Springfield. Last Exit to Springfield's when they've got the... um. Dental plan. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah, you're I know, right. the, one, I know um, the one you mean, though, where he writes Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. It's a, it, I can never think of a name episode. for it. It's like the end of season four or something Do you, like that. Would you like me to look that up? That's probably going to be easier for you yeah. to find <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> it's a season four. I know that. Continue with the episode. Oh, okay. So, I'll just do... You also got, at the beginning of that uh, race, really good animation where they, they link you know, the Soapbox Derby all the way back through to the glory days of the Depression and have the stock graph that absolutely plummets and then merges into being the, like the curb of a really steep hill. Yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. I've just realised how many times I use American references because we're talking about American show despite the fact that the vast majority of our listeners are from Australia. Well, it's like I, I hope say, that doesn't piss anyone off. Well, it's like I said gas before, then I thought, wait a minute, I'm Australian. Yeah. You say petrol. Yeah. It's just because they say gas in the can. Yeah. I actually made a joke about that earlier on today, referring to the gas shortage. Because like, whenever you hear about it in the news, like from when Reagan was president, they talk about the US gas crisis. Mm. And someone thought that I was referring to Victoria a little while ago, where we ran out of natural gas and people weren't able to use their stoves. So, that episode, by the way, was called The Front. The Front, thank you. Yes, I knew it was something along those lines. It was the something. Yeah. So, moving back to Saturdays of Thunder, Homer has refused to go to the event. Yep. And this is where Marge says, you are a bad father. And this is where the line was changed. Apparently, the original line was, I'm not a bad father. You're a bad father. Now, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Right, that was the original line. Yep. But they, all they did was... I'd have change- laughed at that. Yeah. Now, what they did was, Marge goes, you are a bad father. And he goes, leave me alone. And just rolls over. That was a much more emotional... Mm. It got the, the point across much better. And I felt it was more realistic because... That's so disheartening. Homer doesn't even have a response to that. He's like, I don't care. I am a bad father. I've accepted it. Just fuck off and leave me be. Yeah. I just thought it was much better than, I'm not a bad father. You're a bad father. It just wouldn't have fit the scene right. It wouldn't have created the right move because they had the great animation once Marge leaves, Bart sitting there looking at Homer, waiting for him to, oh, maybe he will turn around and come with me, but he doesn't. And yeah. Bart gives up and leaves. I thought it was a good change in the script. Yeah, definitely. Homer's then watching it on TV, and then we got obviously the throw the throwback to the foam dome hat. Mm. Well, it was a bit early because Bart says, "I've got your foam dome." In yeah, the I fridge. got it out of the yeah. fridge. Yep. So then he goes to the fridge to refuel, basically, and he takes the test again. Realizes that he can answer the he questions. Is a good father. And this moment, reminiscent of both Bart gets an F and Bart's dog gets an F, of our main character passing a test without having any idea how. Yeah, more, more Bart gets an F, I'd say. Oh, but dogs get yeah, yeah, to yeah. an extent. It's the yeah, exact yeah. same emotional beats. No, definitely. Yeah, giving up. Oh my god, I'm useless. I don't even know that. 
like it's virtually saying that like you know i don't even know what any of his hobbies are like so soapbox racing blah 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 and then his hero um what is it three times uh soapbox champion ronnie beck oh who they teased throughout the whole episode which we yeah. forgot to mention and, yeah uh, yeah, yeah. The, well, the payoff is i'm waiting for it but yes but yeah, you're right because even in uh bart's dog gets an efforts if only you just learn how to sit yeah and then he sits yeah. yeah yeah well done i didn't even really pick up on that the only thing he has he can't answer though or do is say that he's which father he's spoken to about parenting Hey, ho, Samson. Shut up, Flanders. 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 Um, uh, when should a boy start dating? Well, sir, there are two schools of thought on the subject. Great, thanks. I talked to Flanders about parenting. I'm a perfect father. Hold on, son. I'm a-coming. So he drives off. He's on his way. He thinks he's a perfect father now. Yep. Now, this is a a scene. I mentioned to you off-air beforehand. Yes, and I was all over it when I was first watching it. Yeah, so... Barney and Mo approach Patty and Summer. Oh, hang on, I've skipped a scene. But I was let's say I was I was all over this as well. Okay. <laughs> so Barney and Mo approach Patty and Summer, who obviously Patty got the one of them got the Mary Tyler Hall Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. Good lord, Ooh. they'll be writing in. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore uh, hairdo. And he says My friend and I have a bet. Are you Mary Tyler Moore? Oh! <laughs> uh, <gasps> Wow, it really is you. Is that a story that I'm missing? Did she spray someone with pepper spray? I don't think that it is. I think it's more just a joke about Barney being that sort of sleazy kind of guy. Maybe he stalks her. Yeah. Like, if Barney walked up to Mary Tyler Moore, what do you think would happen? If Barney walked up to anybody and they had Mace in their pocket, that's what's going to be the response. Is that what happened if someone walked up to you and asked if you were Mitch? Um, I don't know. Is it a man or a lady? Well, you prefer men, so lady. Uh, well, yeah, full can. I'm loaded. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this next scene? I've got here next scene. Let's see whether this is one you're all over. Mm. Martin Bean, the ruthless coach. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I was home in the crowd. miles ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so, Martin's trying to uh, get into Bart's head, get him in the zone. Bart's just not paying attention. He slaps him mm. a couple of times, slaps him around. Then he sees Homer in the crowd. Yes. Continue. Homer in the crowd was the bit that I was all over because it's a great parody of The Natural. Or not even parody, more of an homage to yeah. The Natural. Where there's a moment in The Natural where things are not going as great for Roy Hobbs as they otherwise could be. He looks off into the crowd and his ex from way back before he gets shot with a silver bullet stands up and he sees her silhouetted by the sunlight just in the middle of the crowd. And it's this beautiful moment where he's sort of like realises that there's more than what's going on in front of him and he finally has that connection and then he goes back and meets up with her after the game and they have coffee. I think he realises that she's moved on with her life from memory. But in any case, after that, he starts just going out there and smashing home runs again and everyone's happy. Very uplifting. I always think of going back to, you said cool runnings before. You know when they're carrying the bobsled out at the end yep. and he sees his dad opens up the jumper? Yeah. Very uplifting. It running. is. Like when you find, it's just something about that one person isolated in amongst, I mean in the case of this, 50, but in the case of the natural or cool runnings in, in amongst hundreds and thousands, it's a very, it, it, it just, it carries weight about it. Yeah, I love cool runnings. We have, we have to do a commentary on that movie. Comment, who would be up for a commentary on cool runnings? Oh, great movie. So so funny. John Candy at his best, man. Yeah, well, uh, truly. So, Nelson lights a match for his cigarette on Bart's head, which I thought was funny. Yep. Again, Nelson's smoking, kind of strange. Great line from Quimby here. He's introducing the race. Our beloved mayor, Diamond Joe Quimby. To everyone participating today, I salute Joe Vigor. Check out the wreck on the blonde in the fourth row. So, then the race commences. Everyone's cheering. Maggie's more interested in a balloon. Thought it was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Then Bart wins. It was sort of anticlimactic in a sense of he just won you know it yeah. wasn't really any it's a little bit that race was a bit fast and furious like the first fast and furious where yeah. 
they'd be racing and as much as this didn't have a gear change, they'd be both neck and neck and then one character would change gears and then they'd be, they'd get like an extra 20 Ks of speed and then they'd be further ahead and then the next character would change gears and then they'd be ahead again. And then 15 gear changes later, they still just keep getting faster and faster and faster. I think the Simpsons were just taking the piss out of that whole, not obviously the Fast and the Furious, but how it's like back and forth, back and forth, lead change, lead yeah, change. that's not how racing works. No. But yes, it's, I mean, it's in Days of Thunder, it's very close to how Oh, it yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, Rubin is racing. Bart wins, and we get the funny, not montage, but just the funny pictures. My two favourites were Nelson with his lackeys, just cracking it, and yep. Quimby with the blonde Quimby with fourth, the, fourth row. Quimby with the broad. Yes, <laughs> it's really good. And she does have a decent rack. Quimby was right. I was not paying too much attention, to be perfectly honest. Why I was not? looking at her eyes. Sensitive uh, guy like that. Yeah, yeah, of course you were. So the trophy was then presented by three-time Soapbox Derby champ. Ready back. And it's a child. Yes, it makes so much sense. He's smaller than anyone else there. You just assume it's an adult. Yeah, exactly. Because he's a three-time world champion. Then you're like, he had a book. Of course, it's a kid. It's a soapbox. Exactly. (laughs) Of course, it would be. But the fact that he's even then, you're thinking in your head he would have been a three-time champion from forty years ago. Yeah, but no, he's still just a kid. Yeah, it's really, really good. It it, it was tremendous, and it was like, thank you, Mister Beck. Yeah. Like it's, oh, it's an honour to meet you, Mr. Beck, or whatever it is. And then, like, how he walks in, going, ah, this brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Barton Homer then teased Nelson. <laughs> Loser! Bart, you know there is such a thing as being a bad winner. Mom, I never won before. I may never win again. That's my boy. But I love Martin getting a little bit jealous off on the sides. It's like, you know, I did invent yeah. the thing. The driver is essentially ballast. Yeah. <laughs> and then they uh, embraced with wind beneath my wings, which is hilarious. Yeah. And then the National Father Institute celebrated. Cut back to like mission control. Yeah. It's like Apollo 11 landings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, a really, really funny ending. So it's, it, That was drawn almost exactly the same way NASA is set up as well. Oh, yeah, like it was. a big screen up on the front. And yeah. I was trying to think of like what that might have been a reference to. Maybe the right stuff because there hadn't been too many space travel films up to that point of the 90s. Apollo 13 had come out yet. No, no, no. That was years away. So, I reckon it would have been the right stuff if anyone out there has more knowledge on space film than I do. It was a really nice story, particularly between Bart and Homer. We've had more Homer-Lisa stories, I feel, up to this point than Homer-Bart. And I always like the episodes where Homer makes an effort for others. Yeah where he sort of turns a corner. I really like those kind of stories. So it's, it's a good episode. Not as good as Lisa's Pony. Not as memorable, I should say, but definitely go back and check it out. Yeah, I think, we're, again, we're both pretty much on the same page on this one. That it's, it's yeah, it's it's not the strongest, but it's still funny and there's still a hell of a lot in there to, to be able to watch and enjoy. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Um, I learned from this episode... Well, I learned while you're thinking of something that underwater fathering is a terrible idea. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> I learned that the space program finally delivered something valuable. Okay, so now it's time for some trivia. Yep. I have three questions. How many do you good have? Good for you, sir. Uh, not. Oh, no, no, no. I do have a couple of little bits and pieces that I picked up along the episode yeah. as we're I'll, going. I'll commence the proceedings. Please do. What was VHS Village previously known as? Oh, um, beta basement. Beta Barn. Oh, damn Good it. Good guess. Yeah. It w- that was purely a guess, I'd like yeah. to point out. Um, I figured it was going to be Beta and alliteration. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's not bad. For you... Oh, this is almost too easy. Yeah, that, that is too easy. I'm Just ask it anyway. That. Well, look, this is like Simpsons Trivia 101. What is McBain's partner's name? I don't know. Legitimately don't know? <laughs> Surely you do. Scoey. Hey, Scoey. 
Well, this is a McBain related question. Okay. Where was McBain and Scoey eating in the trailer? Oh, no. Nah. Sloppy Joes. Oh, yeah, damn it. I did see that and I thought, it's, damn, that's annoying. Uh, when Bart is working on the soapbox, there yep. is a poster in the garage. Fleetingly spotted. What's on that poster? Don't know. It's a poster for the soapbox trials. Oh, really? So Bart's gone to the effort of hanging it up yeah. in his father's garage oh, to cool. inspire himself. Oh, I like that. Nice touch. It's it's less than a second. Like, it's a quick whip pan across. I had to freeze frame it to even make out what it said, let alone, yeah, so. Well, we appreciate whoever drew that and put it in there. Yeah, it's an, it's a really nice touch because there's no need for it to have been there. Like, it, it's not like that scene falls apart without it being there, but they just fill it in. He's just about creating a little studio for himself. Yeah. Uh, my final question is, which of the sisters had blonde hair? Selma? Yep, Selma. Okay. The only reason I know is because she <laughs> says, a coin flip. Because she says, don't worry, Patty, you still got a nice smile or something. Ah, yeah, yeah. nice. The mail! The mail is here! Ooh! The mail is here! The mail is here. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you to everyone who has taken the time to write in for another fantastic week of m- correspondence. It's mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Don't forget the .au like I do almost every second <laughs> week. I thought we said it in unison, though. It was like we almost planned it. That'd be a first for anything that gets said mm. on this show. Hmm. This one's just come in. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we've discussed it. Maybe it's time to bring it up again. I know that you've spoken about getting a potential tattoo for four-finger discount once we got to a certain number of likes, which we passed a little while ago. But it wasn't if, a thousand. <laughs> I think it was a thousand, yeah. Something really small. If, uh, if we were to get inked with any Simpsons character moments... Or quotes, uh, assuming that we aren't already, we aren't. Uh, what would it be? That's from Neil Kennedy. This is something you sort of can't think of on the spot because a lot of planning would go into it. Because once it's done, it's done. Yeah, that's true. I think we've discussed we'd want it to be something, or I would want it to be something that I wouldn't think that anybody else has got. Yeah. But it can't be obscure to the point where the casual fan doesn't know what it is or yeah. re- referencing. I've always liked the image of Homer in a moo. That is good. Yeah. Oh, maybe what we've got is a cover photo. Give me right or everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's just written on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> so good. So, we've both gone fat guy Homer. Yeah, fat, fat Moo Moo Homer. What lo- What location? On your face? <laughs> yeah, I love the ice cream guy. Um, have you seen that guy, by the way, the rapper with an ice cream tattoo on his face? Uh, no. Oh, no I don't believe I have. Yeah, Google it. Okay. Ter- terrible. Uh, you got to go to leg, don't you? Leg or leg. arm? I'd go butt. Nah, then you can't show people. Sure, you can. You can, that's but what like, makes it fun. <laughs> but the, the, but then people are only going to see it if you drop your pants and show them. Yeah. So it's, so you say I don't know. You, I've so just you, always found something funny about butt tattoos. I don't think I would ever get a Simpsons tattoo. I don't know. I, I'm not big on coloured tattoos. Are you? Maybe we could get the Simpsons translated into Chinese and get some symbols down the middle <laughs> of our back. <laughs> get dough in Chinese. <laughs> That would be really funny. Get, give me right or everybody dies on my back. In Chinese. <laughs> or, or, or translate something into Latin. Put yeah. that on your wrist in nice little script. <laughs> you are Lisa Simpson. In Arabic. <laughs> Arabic. <laughs> oh, now we're open to all sorts of ideas. <laughs> anyway, so next one. Uh, well, this is actually also a follow-on from Neil. So, that question was in reply to something that I'd sent through to him. Um, uh, this is... So, we spent the last six weeks or so catching up with many, uh, as many of our episodes as you possibly can and just want to say keep up the good work. We'd like to think that we are. We certainly hope that we are. Yeah. Um, but he's mentioned in here, uh, just in 
a tattoo artist that he uses himself that turns out uh, turned out to be a massive Simpsons fan. Uh, they were getting a tattoo. Now, when you're getting a tattoo, Dandu, I've, I've got one. They've, they first put a, a stencil on your arm. That can be one of the hardest parts to make sure that stencil's right. And if they get it wrong, then they have to scrub it off and that sort of thing. So the guy put it in the wrong spot and went, in a perfect Mrs. Click voice, I'm assured, I'll get the iodine. Like, bang, he was one of my best friends. Now, anytime he screws up with the stencil, I'll hit him with, no, not the iodine. Burn it off with a torch. If you take my arm. <laughs> When you hear Simpsons references from people you wouldn't expect to be Simpsons fans, that's the best. Yeah. Particularly when they've thrown it out without even knowing that you're a Simpsons fan yourself. Yeah, that's even like cooler. When they just do it yeah. and expect it to be there. Uh, now, our next message, this is a particularly nice one that comes in from Alex Finlayson. I'm not sure if his name is actually Alex Finlay and he's just studying with Mr. Miyagi or if it is actually Finlayson. Uh, hi, fellas. Finlayson. My best friend. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> My best mate. I didn't think it was that funny. Now I'm laughing more at the way you're laughing. Uh, I, 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 knew, I got it. And then I really got it. <laughs> I thought about how funny it was. <laughs> Hi, fellas. My best mate introduced me to your podcast a month or so ago, and in that time, I'm completely up to date. Love your work. I listen every day on my short drive to work here in central Queensland, where I moved 10 years ago from England. Uh, 34, and The Simpsons was an integral part of my life. I was a kid when the Bart craze swept the UK, and I had a big stack of collectible cards. You're still laughing at that. Dad knows God. He's out for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so good. Um, in any case... Uh, when he went to uni in York, he met a guy that was uh, that would become his best friend. They bonded um, over The Simpsons. He was the best man at his wedding, and I'm sure he's pretty sure the speech had a few Simpsons gags in it. In those years, of sh- it was shared housing, uh, r- ridiculous alcohol consumption, and poor hygiene. Uh, Nick and he spent a ridiculous amount of time watching The Simpsons. Uh, it became an addiction. In fact, he took his wife and kids home last Christmas and hung out with Nick and his lovely life, wife, Claire, where they spent New Year's Eve recording a, uh, dub smash videos of our favourite quotes. Such a fantastic app. Yeah. I really love Dub Smash. It's yeah. a lot of fun. If you're going to get into character, Your really, cousin does it all the time. <laughs> really act them out. I've, uh, my favorite one is from Home Alone. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Yeah. And a happy new year. Anyway, so the whole point for this letter from Alex Finlayson is that he wanted to <laughs> please say hi to Nick and his lovely wife, Claire, and their beautiful son, Rory. So, Nick, if you're listening, Claire, if you're listening, and Rory, I hope you aren't listening, depending on how old you He's are. He's Finlay's son. <laughs> Roy, who is Finlay's son's son. Um I assume he's a young kid just because he said beautiful son. But in yep. any case, if you're old enough to listen to us, I hope you're enjoying the show. Maybe in 25 years, he'll go back and review our podcast. <laughs> he says, Nick, Nick will probably be listening to this on his long, cold drive to work, bombing up the N1 on the way to his castle. That's right. He works in a castle. Uh, whereas Alex will be listening on his short drive to work on the other side of the world with his aircon on full blast. I love that dude and I miss him and I wish him all the best in his new life as a dad. Thanks for an ep- that, that pretty well sums up the fact that Rory's a young kid. Thanks for an epic podcast that I look forward to every week. And Nick, I know you can read my thoughts, boy. There we go. Thank you. I feel like I'm bringing people together across the world there. Yeah. So I just you wanted are. to take yes, the time to read that message out. <laughs> um, George Howell uh, writes in with a question and also a recommendation for another podcast on Richard Herring's Leicester Square podcast, or as the cool kids are calling it, Rahilastapa. He has a long form interview with Harry Shearer done in front of a live audience. And there's a lot of Harry talking, not only about The Simpsons, but also just about his general life and all of the other things that he cool. does in general. George wants to know what we plan on doing with the podcast after we finished season nine. 
Well, I just said keep going. I said start again. <laughs> we, re- we reboot the podcast. Maybe we'll go to the start and just start doing commentaries. Possibly. Or no, I'm looking forward to going and trying to see the newer episodes. A lot of them I've never watched. So, to see them... I've watched a, all the way through to season 22. To watch them in a critical light will be a little bit more interesting. It'll be a fun challenge to see if we can get people to re- appreciate the shows in different ways once we get to that point. And also, it'll be fun just to see if people are still willing to listen to us when we're not talking about their favourite episodes. And hopefully... Four years down the track, or whatever that may work out to be, we've you know we've earned that. I think that they they cop a bit too much than what they deserve. This, mm. The episodes, particularly say season eleven through to fifteen or so, they're not that bad. There's lots of really really good episodes in those seasons. I'm hoping this podcast can help open people's eyes and realise they don't deserve the negative attention they get. Maybe when we review the episodes, you'll see. You know what? We've been giving them shit for yeah. all these years. Maybe they didn't deserve it. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, next message comes in from Nicole White, which is a story that I found kind of amusing. Uh, hey guys, I uh, came across your Facebook and subsequently your podcast about a week ago. I think I've listened to about 15 episodes so far. The other day I got every red light on my way to work instead of the usual 30 to 45 minutes. It took a full hour, but because I was listening to your podcast, I wasn't completely unhappy that I was running late. Completely. That's <laughs> <laughs> a really nice little backhand compliment. Anyway, uh, so Nicole had recently... She wanted to know... We talked about this in our last episode, Nicole, so... By the time, you know, it was about whether or not fans are listening to the shows, at, or sorry, watching the shows as they listen to our episodes, and we highly recommend that you do. Uh, anyway, despite knowing that the show does get a little bit dodgy after season 10, I've realised that I have season 1 to 10, 11, and then 14 on DVD, and not season 12 and 13. So, we went to JB Hi-Fi to get season 12 the other day. The security guard, uh, none of whom have ever commented on actual things that I bought, looked at my receipt as I was on my way out and said, Simpsons, hey? I don't know if it was an homage to Mr. Burns or a creepy pickup line, but I didn't hang around to find out. <laughs> uh, I, I sent her back an email saying, with what I know about JB Hi-Fi security guards, it was probably both, and you did the right thing to yes. get out of there. Well, see, I'm just looking up season 12 now right, mm. on Wikipedia, and it starts off with, what's well, a Trials of Horror at 11, and then A Tale of Two Springfields, an episode that I really enjoy. That's yep. the episode where it's divided, and they have the, the Who guest star, and yep. Homer takes over... Old Springfield, the yeah, Old Springfield, they have New Springfield yep. as well. That's where you get the Golden Showers comment. That's a good episode. Homer's versus Dignity cops a lot of shit. That's where you get the I can't get things in my eye, I can't get pudding in it. Yeah, yeah, yep, prank yep, monkey. Yep. It's really, really funny. Hungry, hungry Homer's a good one. New Kids on the Black, whatever it's Bleach, whatever. That's where um, Boy Band. Yeah, that, that's a good episode as well. Um, there's plenty of good ones in here. Home R. That's one of my favorite later season episodes of all time. Home R is where he gets the crown out of his brain. As ridiculous yeah. as that seems. The story of him and Lisa bonding, uniting, bonding. Yeah. and the letter he, he writes at the end is, I know I'm going to be dumb again, I'm going to write this letter to you, Lisa, whilst I'm still smart. Yeah. Fucking great, man. That's I, These episodes don't deserve the negative attention they get. Yeah, that's a fair point. So anyway, we have... How much I'm time do we have? Record. We have four minutes and 11 seconds. All right, well, I'm going to really quickly squeeze one in because I told him that I was going to, do but a good old friend, Jeremy from Hawaii. Oh, uh, yeah, I like this guy. During He's awesome. During a Facebook exchange, Dando, you told me that you would come to Hawaii if you could watch WrestleMania here. I told you I'd talk to Vince McMahon about it while he pulled some strings and it looks like we're going to have a WWE live event here this summer. He sent us a link to a StubHub where you can buy some tickets. Bring your wives. Most of the people in the audience will be females, I reckon, and come to Hawaii. When is it? Because we're going to America in November. Uh, June. <laughs> so we've got about <laughs> six weeks. 
Uh, hope all is well with both of you lads. It's been a while, but I still listen to every episode of Four Finger Discount and brings joy to my otherwise bleak existence. Thanks, Thank Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. It's always great to hear from you. That's going to have to wrap the mail back up from now. I do have a few that will be saved for next week. But as Dando said, we're about to run out of time for recording. I also want to give a quick shout out to the boys involved with the Cinema Gems podcast. I sat in as a guest on that show over the weekend doing a uh, review of The Princess Bride, which should be up within a day or two of this podcast going up. So, uh, we'll be tweeting a link to that one out and making sure that we, you know, send a little bit of traffic their way. I, I had a lot of fun. I think it should be a really good episode or a really good podcast to listen to. Finally, I also put the call out just before recording this one for people to describe our show using a quote <laughs> from The Simpsons. The example that I had was that story is not suitable for children. Uh, of all of the ones that we got through, there was only one that was complimentary. So we're going to go with Four Finger Pods. <laughs> Personal hygiene is above reproach. That's a good one. <laughs> that came in from at JFR45ER. In other words, Jeremy Fraser. And if you know where that quote is from, well played, listener. You should. It's an episode we've already reviewed. Yes, that's the hint. Hopefully, you do know what it is. So, thanks for listening to our review of Saturdays of Thunder. Hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discount. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel now. We're going to be chucking up some Mitch and Dando exclusive videos up there in the near future. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and also follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. Mitch, any final words before we let the people go? We've got a minute and 50 seconds. I feel like I'm doing professional proper radio here that I've got a countdown clock that we need to try and wind our way out. Let's, to try, the and break see, let's try and see it out. See if we can get it to the second listeners. Do, do you want to tease the people? What, that we've what? got a major announcement coming soon. No, well, I think that's enough of a tease as yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't want to do it until we figure out yeah. how we're doing it. What have we got? What's the time? A minute 30. Okay, set your watches from that moment that Dando just said a minute no, 30. No, 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 we'll say a minute 10. Okay, minute 10 now. I'm not going to look at a clock. I'm going to see how well I can talk for a minute and 10 seconds to get to the very end. I'm just going to let you talk, go. See if you You can it. engage if you want. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Cinema Gems. Um, so, a couple boys. We've got the Admiral and... Uh, oh, my God. I've forgotten the, the co-host's name. <laughs> how terrible is that of me? This is but the co-host. They're big fans of the show. They didn't want me to tell you that they actually like me a little bit more, but... You know, that's fine. Um, I probably oh, should have said this out then, yeah? Yeah, you, well, that's going to screw up the timing if you do. <laughs> so that's not going to work. But no, we had a lot of fun talking about The Princess Bride. And holy shit, if you haven't watched The Princess Bride, go back and watch that. It's such a fun movie. Why should we watch The Princess Bride? Because uh, you've got Carrie Elwes at his absolute best. You've got Christopher Guest, and you've got the fantastic Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. She killed my father. Prepared to die. What about Andre? Andre the Giant as well, who I believe got drunk, passed out in the hotel lobby at one point. He showed up on set feeling pretty bad one day and said that, yep, last night I had eight beers and 12 bottles of wine. I got a little bit tipsy. <laughs> I'm out. That's probably as close to a minute 10 as I can do. Oh, we've got about 10 more seconds. So Son of a words. bitch. Wrapping um, it up. Wrapping it up. Eight. Seven. Six. What do you got, Mitch? What do you got for us? At Four Finger Pod. Send me some fun stuff there and we'll talk to you next week. Catch you later, guys. Thanks for listening to our review of Saturdays of Thunder. Shh.